This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are fielding your pressing questions and having what is sure to be a fun-loving conversation. Maybe pressing your fielding questions. You remember Fielding Stream, the magazine? I remember the cover. I don't, I, it's not like I you ever didn't get it. subscribed to it. I, for some reason, I would get it occasionally. Really? Yeah. Well, so you weren't a subscriber, but you would randomly get it. I would like buy it off of the shelf. It was. I don't know why, because I was like, fishing, I like fields and I like and, streams. It's fishing and hunting, hunting and fishing, and I did. I did that as a kid. We're gonna answer questions, including: Would we be friends if we met as adults? How long should you wait before you honk at someone who's not going in front of you Those on a are green two, light? Two different questions. Oh, but they're very much related. I don't know how. Is there a magazine that you would pick up off of the shelf? Um, magazine that I would pick up. Entertainment Weekly. That was the magazine. As a child? As a as a middle schooler, and maybe even a high schooler. You know, my brother uh, subscribed to Sports Illustrated. Oh yeah, and you're gonna uh, talk about the swim shoot issue, aren't you? The swim shoot issue. If you bring up Sports Illustrated, yeah. I, Speaking of field extreme. I, rem- I remember, <laughs> I distinctly remember you showing up to school. I brought it to school? No, you didn't bring it, but you brought a report about it. And not for class, well, just I don't for know, me. I don't know exactly like, what my parents were. My brother got the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I don't know what year the swimsuit well, he got issue all the issues. came out first. That's the only one you talked about. I don't know which one, it, which one came out first. I don't know the first year of the swimsuit issue, but I, I, I guess well, when that's it first irrelevant. came out, it was illustrated. Like all the sports were illustrated, and even the swimsuit issue, right? Was so it was just like, had the same effect. Yeah, it was basically like a coloring book. I remember uh, which was, which we have one of those. There's now. one spoiler with, alert. Uh, Kathy Ireland on it. Uh, she now sells like, you know, like home goods. Just like a line at Target. Yeah, that 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 the math adds up for that. Man. Well, I mean, I, I don't like I don't I don't partake of the swimsuit issue. I don't uh, anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> I'm a, I'm like aware of it in the way that you're aware of it on the internet, and you're like, oh, it, it was a big deal. This this woman is on the front. Everybody knows who's on the front. But back in the day, it was like, well, of course I'm going to spend some time on the front. But I'm going in, and I'm going to spend way too much time. Well, did you take it in secret? Like, did Cole know you were taking it from his room? Your parents certainly didn't know that he had it. No, they they, they did because my mom would get the mail. And I think it was, I mean, again, I'm just going off of pure conjecture at this point, but my mom is the one who collected the mail. And I think that 
she may have just made the decision, well, he subscribes to this. <laughs> that that doesn't seem like, given the environment and the, the amount of oversight, well maybe oversight's not the right word. But, but it was just a woman in a bikini. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it, it but wasn't it seemed, porn. But it's, no, but it seems scandalous to us. Oh yeah. To have it, like I wouldn't be caught dead looking at it in the aisle at a shortstop. That'd be embarrassing. Well, there's more embarrassing things than that. Well, certainly, but I just think that we had a little bit too much, I had a little bit too much shame. Still do, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> just, just kidding. But I mean, a lot. We've of, all got shame. A man. lot of them, you'd look, you could, you could see more than a bathing suit should show. Well, I mean, especially back in the day. Back in the day. I mean, that's just like everybody, your teacher wears that kind of bathing suit now, you know? On her TikTok account. <laughs> Do teachers have TikTok now? I don't even wanna know. Yeah, teacher TikTok. It's <laughs> teacher, a, whole, a whole section. Teacher talk. <laughs> uh, I took a trip to Joshua Tree. Look at me, man. Yeah. I come back from Zion and then like weeks later. Back from the desert. Here I am going back to an, to another National Park Desert location. Did you know that uh, Joshua Tree did not become a National Park until 1994? Yeah, after the U2 album. That, uh, that was yeah, what, that's what, that's that's what, what sent the government Bill over Clinton, the edge. Bill Clinton was like, I've got, to, I've got to get this place taken care of. We gotta protect this place. We gotta protect this place, really So do. I had a conversation with Bono. This is, this is how I had a conversation with Bono. He finally returned my calls when I said I was gonna make uh, Joshua Tree in National Park, so what, he, he called me back, and Edge was in the background. What year was that album released? Uh, I don't know, I am not a U2 fan, you know that. I don't, didn't you were, our friend Mike took you to a U2 concert. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I respect, you know, I like I respect U2. We, we have very similar tastes in music, and I, I think the reason why we don't like U2, or haven't gotten into U2, it's like, yeah, it's more about us than it is about you too. Really? I think it, yeah. I think it's about you too. It's not about me. <laughs> it's a little, you know, cause just like. It's a little too rocky for us. A little, too rocky. A little yeah. too rocky. Yeah. Yeah, we like a little more soul. Even when it gets pensive, it's, yeah. it's still a little too rocky Yeah, for us. There's something about that and we never connected with just pure rock. Never got into Always it. Always felt like it wasn't for us. It's like rap, yeah. yeah. Country, oh, yeah. 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 Soul. Yeah? Yeah. Rock? Southern rock? Yeah. Rock? <laughs> classic classic rock, yeah, but like. Some classic rock, yeah. CCR? But getting into that uh, U2, so I don't know. Yeah. I think there's people who would try to, I, I'm pretty sure there's a Joshua Tree on the On, on the, the cover. Album. People will try to find it. Yeah, and they, that's not You can't happening. because, I mean, you've seen one Joshua Tree, you've seen them all. When well, they're all different. It's like a snowflake. They're just like snowflakes, I know. Um, but it never snows where Joshua trees are, which is the also mind blowing thing. Also not true, I don't think. You can have some snow at Joshua Tree. It's where two, it's like a high desert and a lower desert meet. And these Joshua trees are finicky. Certain eleva elevation. And yeah. it's, it's, they're very specific. Cause you know, even when we would like do a off-roading or overlanding trip, like when we went to, we went to Death Valley for like those three or four nights, I, I remember we'd, we'd go into this one valley or like crest this hill, it was only in one place and we were in this like expansive valley and you lose perspective when you're driving through Death Valley about how what altitude you're at, what elevation you're at, you're not flying, but what elevation you're at, you know? If you got a good spoiler. 
um, sometimes you might think, oh, you, we've been in this valley for a long time and then you you round another corner and there's just like, it was just a, an inlet to a much more huge valley right. because everything gets so expensive. But in, I remember coming around over one ridge and all of a sudden it was just Joshua trees everywhere. And we've been driving for a couple of days and it was only in this one place at this one altitude. But Joshua Tree's special because there's so many there at that particular, I keep meaning to say elevation. Did you go to the, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a, a forest of a certain type of cactus that you can walk through. No. And it's like incredibly densely, like it's the kind of thing that if like you were playing around and you pushed your, your, your you know, friend, they would get a bunch of needles in them. Like you have to watch where you're walking, but it's just, I don't. Did you go there? Yeah, I've been there twice now. It's to, just to one this, of, No, but to this particular place you're It's one about. of the stops off of the main road if you're going through Joshua Tree. I haven't, but that is it's a like, thing. It's called the so-and-so forest, uh, and it's just these cacti. I didn't even see. They're like this tall, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Hmm. It's the, it's the most. You should've told un, me that a week ago. It's the most unlike the rest of Joshua Tree, but it's not as cool as the rest of Joshua Tree, so well, you're not missing much, but it's just unusual. The thing about Joshua Tree, you're right, there's, there's basically one paved road that goes through Joshua Tree. There's you know there's some offshoots, but not many. It's pretty Disney esque in that way. Yeah, and so you'll go to one parking lot, and then you'll 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 take like the loop trail with whatever rock features are associated with that, and then you'll get back in the car and you'll drive to another place. So uh, we had the kids. Um, it, was, it was just a family excursion. And we stayed in an Airbnb. We didn't, you know, too many people for a van. That's the problem I'm having. I, you know, I'm still obsessing about this van life on Instagram, but Instagramming my family into a van is a bit much. We have one too many kids. What about van life meets trailer life? So it's a van and you haul a trailer and the kids are in the trailer, a windowless trailer behind you. I mean, Lily's getting to the age that she's going. She's, you know, she's going off on her own. I'm just thinking that she's just not part of the equation. <laughs> if I were to get one of these vans, it would be like take a kid or two, take a wife or two, but not take everybody at once. Okay, yeah, I get it. I mean, I could take Christy and Jesse. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, um, Jesse likes to do things on her own. With me and Christy. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying Jesse likes to do things without you. She can do whatever she wants, man. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I we give each other lots of freedom. Something about your response <laughs> rings of a reprimand that you've gotten from Jesse about something you've talked about. No, I'm just joking. Okay, she just she. I mean, she really she went on a solo trip that she really enjoyed. You know, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of our thing now. We just go on separate trips. Yeah, you alternate. Yeah, whose weekend is it to uh, be away from the other person? This is her first. Too, J- just so. one, just once, you know, just a like maybe annual little trip. Each person gets their because I feel like if only one person in the couple is on. In fact, we were asked this question in the AMA on the Mythical Society today. Yeah, uh, somebody was asking, "How do I talk my significant other into Letting me going me go on, on a, a solo trip?" And I was like. I didn't have to worry about that because Jesse and I were both making the decision to prioritize a solo trip independently at the same time. Yeah, so the answer is you got to both get be on board. them to go on one first, and they have to see it as not being about them but being about you. You know, the solo what trip. Do you mean? 
The solo trip has nothing to do with me getting away from Jesse. The solo mm, trip mm-hmm. has everything to do with me having time with myself and her having time with herself so we can come back and be better people in general, which benefits the other person and the rest of the family. <laughs> How's that going, by the way? Uh, the benefiting of the other people? No, are you a better person? Is it is it worn off? Uh, I would say, you know, I, I, I think you take, it's Paula Abdul, I think I Paula Abdul did. One step forward, two steps back? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was two steps forward and one step back. She say two steps, one step forward and two steps back? Two steps forward, two steps, I think it's two and two, now that I, well, know. then what the hell is Paula Op- doing? Opposites attract. She's taking two steps forward and another person's taking two steps it back? It ain't fiction, it's a natural fact. Two steps forward. So she wasn't even talking about the same thing that I'm talking about. I'm talking about making forward progress and then regressing but and then being like, oh, I feel like I'm in a better better place in some respects. So not like Paula Abdul, like a song that I can't come up with right now in which I, I'm glad you asked the question because that, you know, I talked to my therapist right when I got back from the trip and what we talked about was how you take this moment that you had and then entering back into normal life. It seemed, it, normal life wants to undo everything. It mm-hmm. wants to drag you back into its normalcy and your routines and your habits and the way that you see the world by default and so that has been a struggle because it's what it's been. It's been weeks now since I got back. So, um, but I, you know, but I expected that. I didn't go in thinking that I was going to come back a completely different person. I was like, "This is about the journey, man. It's about incremental change in the right direction. That's all I can hope for." The thing that I did. I mean, it wasn't a solo trip, but I, the trip with Christy was very special. When when we went to uh, Utah, I came back. And uh, I was actually talking to my therapist about it and then one of the things that he said was, he, he suggested that I make a, um, a photo album. Oh, scrapbook. You know, a scra- well, <laughs> all of my photos are in Google Photos. Did so he use the term scrapbook? No, I just, I just put them into a, you know, you can order a hard or soft back. Apple did it first. Always go hard. And now Google does it and I went hard. Yeah. Uh, and I surprised Christy with it just so we could, you know, we could have something physical where yeah. it's like memorialize the occasion. And I put some funny captions in there, like um, on that one campsite. It was like, you selling hot dogs? That yeah, kind of that thing. Just brings so we, back the right kind of memories. I don't think we would have forgotten that. Yeah. But um, side note Google Photos books suck ass compared to apple compared to apple and so i would next time i would download they altered all of my photos they like tried to enhance them google did yeah what's google's trying to like saturate my photos my photos are the way i want my photos Mm. like don't apply some general saturation to everything that you're printing to where it's like if anything you need to desaturate just leave it i want it I, i took the picture if i wanted to edit it i would have done that i'm not a dummy and I th- I'm pretty sure that next time I'm just gonna download them all from Google and I'm gonna upload them to, to Apple just to do that, even though I don't keep my stuff. I have a Mac, I don't, I, I use Google Photos. Well, you're, now you run, into, you run into a problem here. But I, I'll tell you this one story from uh, going to Joshua Tree. We, you know, we got an Airbnb, it was this place, um, it was a 30 minute drive from the entrance to Joshua Tree, like north, north of a place called Pioneer Town which they filmed some stuff there. 
they have like a, a makeshift western town and I think Ice Cube shot a music video there. How does that add up? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, so we're out there and the, you know the, the, the booklet for the Airbnb, they just tell you what to do and what not to do and if you bring a dog, you better put them on a sheet on the couch and that kind of stuff. And they said, out of respect for our neighbors, and this house was in the middle of like this desert valley. We arrived at night and I couldn't tell if there were any other houses around for reasons I'll get into. Um, but they weren't that close. It's like the neighbors weren't that close. The next morning I could tell. And the reason why is because of what they said in the booklet, out of respect for the neighbors, um, only use outside lighting when absolutely necessary. Um, and then turn out, turn off your lights so that there, it decreases light pollution yeah. to help with stargazing. People are out here in the desert to see the stars. And I'm, you know, I'm real tuned into that ever since the last trip, you know. And I was, and they, it was a big selling point. They had a hot tub out there in the middle of the backyard, oh, just like. Nice. And then you get in the hot tub and you just lean back and you look at this expansive sky, and see what I schooled Lily on was the Milky Way. Um, so like that first night, it. I mean, we they had flashlights so that because you can't turn the lights off once you get in the hot tub. You got to turn them off from the house and then like walk out and try not to trip on the the Joshua tree and the cacti and the rocks and stuff. And so you're, you're using your flashlight, you're getting out there and we turn off the the lights in the hot tub too. So like it's right. it's, it's very black. And we're we're looking up at the um at the stars. Boy, we're having a good old time. And all of a sudden uh Lando goes, Oh and we're like what? And he was like I just tasted something. It tasted like sausage. <laughs> And I said, and we all like, we're like, what? And Lando is the type that like, Lando's a very reactionary kid. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yes. You know, he's um, uh, he, he's particular about things. He's, he's a bit queer, kind of like me, meaning that he's, well, I don't wanna have to re-explain what that means, but just it just means particular. Um, so we didn't wanna say, Dude, there is no sausage floating in this pool. He had apparently he had put his mouth down at the at the surface level of the water, and he had he got something in his mouth oh. that, and he said, "I thought he had like burped and was tasting no, dinner again." No, he had we we had not had sausage that okay. night or the day before. He had put his mouth down at the water and gotten something in his mouth that he said tasted like sausage, <laughs> and we didn't want to alarm him, but. From you know, from before I turned the light off, I was the first one out there with Lincoln, and Lincoln was like, "You need to get these bugs out of the, out of the hot tub." And I didn't want to tell him that I I was pretty sure because I didn't get the bugs out. There was only two of them. Now there's only one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to tell him, dude. I think you ate a bug or worse. I mean, so as far as I know, as far as he knows. He ate a sausage because the way that he said it, he said, it, "I just, mm, I just got some in my mouth that tastes like sausage." I could tell by the way he said it. It was that, probably a moth that he did eat it. It was probably a moth. He and chewed I, it I up. I can imagine. Tasted it. Experienced the sensation of sausage. Why would he chew it? And then I think, I don't know. I think he just got it in his mouth. And then I think it came in with a gulp of water or something. Well, I think he swallowed it. 
And he didn't, and he was like, hmm. He said it in a way that was like, hmm, that tastes, I just got some of my mouth. Is this sausage like water? water? <laughs> Is it like sausage water in this hot tub? So I'm telling you more than I'm telling him, but he ate something that oh, I'm he, afraid is he, not sausage. Oh, you haven't talked to him about it? Uh-uh. Even like days later? We just made, we would make fun of like, it's like, man, this tastes like sausage for a lot of things and for he, the rest and of the he, weekend. He, and but, he didn't put it together. But, so mission accomplished, he never freaked out, but I do not know exactly what he ate. It was definitely a bug, because I can, having having eaten a lots soggy, of bugs. sausage-like bug. I can imagine, and especially an uncooked bug, at least, I mean, it's, I guess it's, you know, like parboiled because it's in the. Uh, a lot of chemicals. It's in the hot in tub, but yeah, I could totally. It's got a little spice to it, and you can't quite reconcile, so you just go with sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Well, I'll tell him next oh, time I see him. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just glad he didn't freak out. Yeah, because if you had told him that he just ate a bug, it may have ruined your ruined night. the evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, wouldn't yeah, have been yeah, about yeah. the stars yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's start what with- What you wanna a, do? With a question from um, Kane's cab driver. B- Bud Ice, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At Bud Ice, y'all. Okay. What's the proper amount of time to honk as somebody when the light turns green and they don't go? I give them a five second courtesy, but my wife gives them three seconds. Oh, but they're both timing. Now, I can't say that I have an immediate answer. I'm gonna have to arrive at something because they've talked about it and are like in a in a constant count. I just can't live that way. I go on like, feel. Yeah, I go got, on feel. You go on feel. I, I think it's, yeah, because I mean, if you're gonna do a count, then you're obligating yourself to do a count every time. And then most of the time, you're wasting all this energy counting on someone who's gonna go before you get to three seconds. Certainly before, I mean, if it's two seconds, you're not gonna honk. But that's two seconds of counting in order to, you know, it's not, I just don't like the spirit of counting, believing that someone's not gonna go. That's believing the worst in somebody. I like to believe the best in people. So philosophically, I don't like this and I also don't like it practically because I'm sitting there counting when I should be focused on but driving. In, in any given 10 scenarios where this happened, 10 times, um, and let's just say the person doesn't go and it's in the first three to five seconds, whatever, how many times are you going to beep? If, okay, let's say somebody goes five seconds, just based on your experience, one, 10 one times, thousand, how two, many thousand, times three, will you beep thousand, in that thousand, scenario? Thousand, I'm saying beep, five, honk, whatever your term is. First of all, I do think I think three is too short. I think five is courteous, but I'm actually adding a, a a a check into the cab if I can see that they're looking down at something. That's probably the on- their phone. That's the only thing I go on. Then man. it's it, so it's five seconds, like waiting long enough at a green light to make me look in the cab and determine that they're not looking at the light is is however long that takes. That's when I'm honking. What I feel like they need me to honk is when I honk, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. at that point, it, it's not that I'm giving you a courtesy by waiting to honk, I'm giving you a courtesy by honking because I'm saying, hey bro, the light turned green. 
I don't hate you. How's your it's new? It's just we're car all in this together for for like the like the friendly tap honk when you're just like. Boop, boop, boop. How's your new car do with that? Have you have you done the friendly tap honk? Uh, I typically only do the. T- I, I I can't remember the last time I did the lay on the horn thing. I did one coming back from Joshua Tree. Really? Yeah, there was a merging situation, and I knew from the from my GPS that there were, we were about to hit some traffic. And somebody's just, you know, I'm slowing down, and then all of a sudden, I'm barreling in there, like getting in between me and the guy in front of me, even though there's a line of like, you know, five miles of bumper to bumper traffic. It made that much of a difference to get in front of me instead of behind me. I'm a and pr- I laid on the, oh, and it was this long. That long. That's, that's pretty offensive. Uh, I'm a pretty reluctant honker because I, I feel like the vast majority of honks that people hear are not intended for them and freak them out because that's what's happened. That's what happens, happens to, to me all the time. It's like, who are you honking at me? And then I'm like, oh, they weren't honking at me. But like, now I'm not paying attention to driving. I'm thinking about who honked at me. I'm wondering how many accidents are a result of an errant honk. So I don't hardly, I never do the lay it on the horn unless, I mean, I'm not saying I've never done it, but I have to be like, this person just did something that endangered my life or someone else's life. And at that point, I'm gonna honk. I think I felt that. Cutting in front of me, it's like, you may piss me off, but I try not to get too worked up about that. But I haven't, yeah. but the other reason I'm a little bit reluctant to honk with the new car is that it, it has this feature where you- That's the gas too. You can, you can hook up <laughs> a, uh, an external hard drive to the car. What? And it will capture your dash cam footage, and every time you honk, it records the last 10 minutes are automatically put onto um, the hard drive. So Every the time the, you honk. So the idea is, um, if you were about to be in an accident and you honk the horn, well, or if you just or something just happened, you can honk the horn. You're you're not thinking straight. You don't have to like go into the menu and hit record. You just honk the horn, and that takes the last ten minutes of action that the dash cam has captured, and puts it onto the hard drive. Because why not? I mean, who knows? Somebody cut in front of you. Insurance. You're in an accident. Insurance stuff. Whatever. But because I'm adding like footage to a hard drive when I honk, oh, you don't it's like, like this. this extra thing to consider. Like, do I want to record this? <laughs> well, I, the car doesn't get heavier. <laughs> no, I, I know. It's, I mean, it's like so, a oh my five, god, the car's going slower. It's like a 500 gig hard drive. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, but it feels like I'm making. It's like it's like the fact that it seems like you, something I would think. You will. You, I'm surprised that you. You think won't it. run the air conditioning on high because you think it's going to break the air conditioning. Like you told me that one time. Like, don't put don't put it on high now. It's not it's not made to go on high. I, the max AC button. You don't like I, max AC. Max AC. Yeah, I'll do max AC all day long. Yeah, but the beeping of the horn <laughs> to record the things. It you've created a file. Yeah, I don't want to create a file unless it's absolutely necessary. Well, it's like when you hand your phone to somebody to take a picture. Again, at, while we're doing the park thing, and you know, like one family member's taking the picture. And I'm like, hey, just frame it up, decide, and then take one or two. One like, or two, huh? Don't take five or 10 because and when they hand it back, what's the first thing I do? I look at what you got and I delete the four to nine that what, I don't like. That's what the live the live photo feature on iPhone's for though. I, I, I've got that setting on my default. So yeah. if somebody blinks, I can just, it's still one file. I could just go back to where they didn't blink. But then if you hand your phone to somebody, they don't know that that's on and then they're taking more photos and then you got, that bothers me. Huh. 
You don't like burst mode, I assume. Oh God, I hate burst mode. Um, okay, so. We, so we're agreeing. We, we don't think that there's a time limit. We think you should go on feel and sort of like take into account the environment on this. But three seconds is too short. Your wife is 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 jumping the gun. I I feel confident in that. Your your car also has a dog mode. Yeah. So Tesla has a dog mode. Have you done? Have you tried dog mode? Put Barbara in the car. What, uh, what does that I, Barbara do? Barbara has been way? in the. When you put the car into dog mode, you can leave your dog in the car and, and it will and tell it the, where to go. <laughs> like send it to go the go to Ralph's. Get me some half and half. It will. Uh, this is a parked car, not a not a moving car. You leave your dog in a parked car. It does two things. The first thing it does is it keeps the ambient temperature in the cabin something that won't kill your dog. Uh, and the second thing it does is it put, when somebody comes up to your car, it senses that somebody's at your car and it puts a message on the giant display in the middle that says, "I'm okay. My owner will be right back." So in other words, don't call the the you know the pet cops. I'm fine. I bet you people who care enough to call won't believe that sign. But I, you I can kind of hear that the car is on when a dog's in there. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done it. First of all, your car runs all the time. Well, only if like, you put if it we, in that mode. If we're like, if I go out to the parking lot, your car's your car is like running. Only if it's in. It, it has a special feature where if the cabin gets too hot, it'll cool it down. That's cool. But it was so hot one day in the middle of the summer. Oh yeah, that uh, it burned like a like sixty miles off of the battery <laughs> just to keep it from being like a hundred. So you deactivated degrees. that. Yeah. So you haven't done dog mode, and there's a sign that comes up that says, "Don't just stay out of my business. My dog is fine. This is the Tesla." Yeah, my my owner is coming back. Well, I haven't used it. it. I, I we we've never because dog lovers we don't really leave dog lovers will they'll they'll get in that. They'll get in that business, and I guess rightfully so because people we don't leave we don't leave Barbara in the car. We take Barbara in the car if we're going someplace that Barbara is supposed to get out with us. Yeah, but we don't just like she's not an accessory that we just like throw in the car and then go into a grocery store or something like that. That's yeah. So we really haven't had a um, an occasion to use it, and also the people who come up to your car they're being recorded. This is a cool this is a cool feature. I'm sure this is available in other cars, but um, the reason that there's a hard drive. That you can attach to the to the car is that you put it in sentry mode. I'm not trying to do an, an ad for Tesla at this point, but it, it kind of is turning into that. But you put it in a sentry mode, and what that does is it record anybody who like comes up to your car, opens their door into your door, it records them and then puts that on the hard drive. So if you're like, who who busted this dent in my car? Oh, this guy in this car with this license plate. Mm. See, I'm a fan of having cameras everywhere, like. I, you know, Big brother, that huh? was my favorite thing about London. I mean, when we got in traffic and all of a sudden Chrissy, I was like, Chrissy, what are you looking at on your phone? She was like, well, I, I felt like I left the oven on at home mm. and I'm looking back at our at our camera. To see if it's burning. I, Cause I got, a I got a camera in our kitchen. But you probably can't I don't tell, know, but I don't it, know why. It is a heat sensing camera cause it's not gonna be able to tell if the oven's on. No, she said, okay, I'm going back here. Here I am oh. turning the oven She's gonna go back. Getting the stuff out of the oven. And then she could actually zoom in and the way the camera's set up, it, it she could zoom in enough on the oven to see that it turned off. Oh, wow. Yeah. HD, huh? It's got an oven cam. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. 
Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets. So that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Okay, I'm very interested in this question from Omni Draws. If you both didn't know each other and saw each other for the first time in life, then would you talk with each other or even enjoy each other? <laughs> you both aren't YouTubers, just two regular guys. Okay, we're just two regular guys, we're not YouTubers. Well, first of all, as Kiko pointed out, this is Buddy Systems season two. This is the premise for the season. Uh, so if you haven't watched Buddy System, check it out. Uh, there's, there's a song in every episode. You know, and you can watch it for us, free now. There's us acting. Yeah, you can watch it all for it's, free. It's all free on YouTube. It's all free. Uh, so Buddy System season two has nothing to do with season one. If you don't like season one, season two is better, and you don't need to have watched season one or to have liked season one to like season two. Correct. Um, man, we so we meet the, here's how for the I, first time. Here's how I evaluate this, right? But I don't know. On paper, there's a there's a lot uh, there's a lot that would be working in our favor to be friends. Assuming okay, both from the south, similar music taste. What you know, things that are just true about us that they may be true about us because we never because we grew up together. But just assuming in the same way that yeah. on, on that episode of GMM where we like pictured the same color when we smelled, we have a lot in common in that way. But there's a balancing factor, and that is me and you both have a tendency to kind of come into a social scene, and I'm not talking about like a like a like a industry party. We've, we we did a whole episode on that about how you kind of are. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm going to go up to people and talk to them, and I kind of like ah, you go go do that. But in a like a friend of friends type party situation, I kind of feel like I bring a little bit too much of a critical eye into those situations where I'm not like, I don't go into those situations thinking everyone here is a potential friend. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, and I kind of feel like yeah. based on the conversations that we've had like after we've gone to places together that you approach things in a, in a, in a similar way. Yeah, I think I do. I think there's a couple of factors here. Um, it's hard to remove the fact that like, we have such a strong friendship that whenever we enter those situations and evaluate wh why we're acting the way we're acting, one, one factor is we don't have a strong felt need to make friends with people. I mean, we're busy and we have, we have each other. I mean, and I, we each have other friends. We share, we share a bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. And then, and you know, there's some that's like, okay, maybe you have more of a connection to this person than me or vice versa. But then it's like, it's so, there's not really a felt need beyond that to keep adding people because the second thing is neither one of us at this phase of our life are extroverts. We're both more introverted. And I also, I actually think we feel, we may feel more introverted than we actually are because of the previous reason. You know, it's, I like, I, I, 
I do get energized by talking to the people that like I enjoy being around and like the friends that I'm closest with and you know, I miss your game night since COVID that like, yeah. cause that was a place where like our larger circle of friends we would we would hang out and like I'm, I'm missing that. Um, but if you, again, you take COVID out of, out of the situation too, I'm just not looking to meet, to make new friends at all. Right. So, but, but if you, but let's, re, let's if re, you remove move that, that, if you remove all of that, so let's I, just I think, I think we might sense what might be like, oh, I could be friends with this guy that we could pick up on some of the things you're talking about. Like, oh, I got a similar, like, well, we, I think we have a similar vibe, right? Like if we still have like our looks about us and our wits about us. And I us, don't think it's a vi- it's a friend making vibe. I that, think. That, that's my yeah, premise. I think it might backfire. I think it might be the type of thing that's like, okay, we're operating in a similar circle. This like, this, this Very is. Very self-aware. It's like this, this is, um, this, what's the saying? It's not too many cooks in the kitchen, but kind of like that. It's like this room isn't, this town isn't big enough for the both of us. I, well, I think it's what we might sense. So it's just like, I'm not gonna talk to that guy. I feel like that, you know what? I feel like my mentality on that has changed a little bit. Okay, so this is, just think, think about this with taking North Carolina and then taking uh, Los Angeles and contrasting the two. So Los Angeles is filled with people who think they're the shit, right? And in a lot of ways may have been the shit at some point in their life where they live somewhere else and then they move to Los Angeles. Yeah. So you got all these ambitious people who kind of consider themselves, or they, they have a disposition to be famous which already makes you a certain kind of person. Yeah. Now again, whether we like it or not, we both have a disposition to want to be well known, right? It's one of the reasons that we do what we do. Um, and that's a certain kind of person. Is this what I'm supposed to say, speak for yourself? <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's almost, if we met in North Carolina, and I'm not, I don't think we bring that kind of energy into a room. You don't bring that kind of energy, I don't bring that kind of energy. In fact, I don't, I kinda don't want people to know like what it is I do or my back, like I kinda prefer entering into a conversation uh, with people not knowing the deal, right? Like, no, yeah. okay, yeah, I have a YouTube thing and now I have to explain it or whatever. So I don't bring that kind of energy, but I have I have changed the way I feel about that. Like, I kind of look beyond that because sometimes you'll like go to a party and there's somebody who's like a huge personality and they're like, all of a sudden there's a crowd around them. I try not to get intimidated or turned off by that because I feel like it can happen really easily in Los Angeles. But you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't be like that. And I don't think I would be like that. So I don't. So I don't necessarily. Yeah, I think, think we would both be quieter. I think it would be the type of thing where it's like that guy looks interesting, and he's not. He's not being loud. But so I think I would. I think I would strike up a conversation with this. This. This tall guy but who you needs m- to be groomed. But you might not know. Okay, because I get this a lot. My wife. People who are friends with my wife tell. You know, my wife is like. She can make friends with like a, a can of beans, right? Like she. She's bubbly and she is super like honest and like vulnerable with people right when she meets them. And so like us being in a relationship, like we have a way of making friends with people because people are gonna meet, really gravitate towards my wife and she's gonna seem open and she's great at talking to people, right? So are you saying that you get people's first impression of you through her relaying it? No, what I'm saying is that in contrast to her, a lot of times, People who are her friends will say, yeah, I thought that Rhett didn't like me. That's what I'm saying. For the first 
year that you were friends. Yeah, maybe and, you didn't. And uh, again, I'm not trying to step into this, but I feel like I don't consider either of us a particularly warm person upon first meeting. In the way that our wives, I think, are both more warm. Yeah. In the way, so sometimes it could be interpreted the wrong way and you might be like, this guy doesn't like me. Because in that type of setting, I'm just not, again, I go back to the motivation. I'm just not motivated to do the work, like because it's it's work to connect with somebody and it's a big risk. I just think, you know, it's it's a lot of work to get to know somebody. And then you may not, you may not connect. Then you're just starting over. It's kind of like every time you get to a, a light that turns green, you start counting. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you know, that's a lot of work to count. But I, I, I believe in the end, the thing that, if when we get to know new people, I feel like the thing that, for better or for worse, the thing that I'm looking for is, I'm not looking for it, but I'm kind of looking to not be annoyed by the person, right? Well, and, and, and if all of a sudden it's like, ooh, no, there's a personality thing about them or the way that they're presenting themselves that I could see that getting old quick. And I think this is probably, this isn't a super conscious process, but I think that's what's happening as you get to know people. And I think that um, as different as we are, and again, this is probably because we've known each other forever and we've we've molded each other in a certain way, but assuming that we would essentially be the same person apart, I think that in a normal conversation, we would not annoy each other. No, <laughs> and so and so yeah, and would, I and I actually think that I that think, I think I think our first com the end of our first conversation would not be that far from any conversation that we would have. But neither of us are in, are instigators when it comes to like, hey, do uh, you want to go play golf? Or <laughs> it's like like what guys ask each other basically when guys yeah. want to be friends and they're not and they want to be friends with each other and not friends as couples. A lot of times, what are you going to do? Your 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 significant other, in my case, Jesse, will be the one who's like coordinates the next time that the couples get together, and it's like, well, do you like do you like him and do you like her? But if it's just two guys, and then like, what would step two be? Like, let's get together and let's play pool. <laughs> you know, it's like. I, yeah. we, neither one of us have that in our like bag of tricks. Like, it, and I got, again, we're super busy. I think a lot of times we'll be like, hey, let's get together and talk about this idea. Well, like, we'll do it, it's like a project-based thing, but we just don't hang that much. Ear Biscuits is supported by the farmer's dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear.
what you said at the beginning was something about we like the same type of music, like the things that I just what would be the what would be the opening conversation? I first of all, I do think that I would probably, you know, I'd be like, hey, I got I'm 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 in a good mood, I'm at this place, I'm gonna talk to somebody, but who am I gonna talk to? I need, you know, what what are the what in, maximizes my chances in conversation to like connect with somebody. So I will look for somebody who looks a little interesting and it's like, okay, th this, you know, that is the thing that I've enjoyed about LA is like you can go to some get together and there's all these people that like, you can judge them on the surface and think that like, that person looks weird or interesting or. Well and, everybody and, has taken, more than the average amount of time to present themselves in a certain way. Like, yeah, people have honed, honed. <laughs> people have honed their way that they present themselves. And again, nothing against North Carolina, and it might make people. It might mean people are more sane. But like, yeah, I mean, especially where we come from, you go to a you go to a party. It's like all the dudes are going to be like kind of dressed in a similar like a. They're going to be on the same. Part of the spectrum, sexual spectrum. <laughs> Not talking about that. I'm talking about the clothing spectrum. <laughs> it's like all these guys went to the same Gap. section right. of the mall. All these guys go to the same kind of barber. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not a town of people are showing off, or or at I'm going to be benevolent here, expressing themselves. You know, visually. <laughs> Anyway, There's just not as much as I, I, th I think what would happen is I would initiate a conversation. I'd be like, uh, I just don't know what I would say. I would, you know, if you mentioned music, if music was playing, I'd probably say something about the music. I hate rock. What about you? <laughs> is this you too? I'm not oh, really. Oh, you too. Yeah, I respect them, but I, yeah, I like, There's. I would like a little more soul. You been to Joshua Tree? <laughs> yeah, you know, Joshua Trees only grow at like certain elevations. Yeah. And sometimes people try to find the one from that U2 album. But we be but Full the, circle. but then it wouldn't be like, "Hey, let's get together and listen to music." You got to be a you got to be a close friend what, what to would, say that. That's and th then, this is the most interesting question for me. And you end up talking about what's the next step in our relationship in this world that we Right. That right, cuz then it's like, what, what here's what we would the easiest things to talk about. First of all, it's like, "What do you do for a living?" And we've already ruled that out. We can't talk about that. So we might talk about music. You end up talking about shows you're watching. I think we'd have a great conversation. About and shows. Would, and then we would never talk again. <laughs> I, I'm beginning to form a picture of what this, it would be like, yeah, I remember that Link guy, met at that party, like really interesting conversation. Like I wonder what he's up to, but I'm not gonna, I'm not, I didn't get his number. I'm not gonna call him. And what would I do, what would I do, what would I do if we call, if I called him? He didn't, he didn't wanna go play golf with me. Right. And uh, you know, we don't, we're not gonna sit down and just have coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really think, I don't, I guess what it is, I don't know what it's like to be. Sit down, sitting down and having coffee could work, but that, I mean, that is a vulnerable move. I mean, that's asking a guy out on a date. Right. It's like, uh, hey, you wanna meet up for coffee? This is a question, this is a question, hashtag ear biscuits for everybody listening because as guys who've been married to the same women for two decades, who grew up together, who have a pretty solid friend group, like, I. I don't, I don't, there hasn't been, outside of like work-related stuff, there just hasn't been many of us like, what's the next step in a platonic relationship with somebody? After you get, it's like, I, I feel like I'm asking well, I'm a fundamental question uh, because I don't have to worry about it. And I, I know that a lot of people 
uh, you know, we fielded so many questions over the years. You talk about friendship, a lot of people ask that question to us. Like, do you have any advice for making friends? It's like, I think what we're saying is it's it's never easy, but you've, you know, you're in you're in a social situation and then you just find somebody that you size up that you feel like is kinda like you, you know? Unless you've really made a decision to find someone who you just by judging them externally that they're not like you. That's in a sad, that's a sad thing is that. Well I think it, I, I would say you're looking for a point of connection. Point of connection. When you say like you, there's a there, there, there's some kind of point of connection. Doesn't necessarily mean this person looks like you or is from your background. Yeah, like if they're making the same face, like they're judging this get together as much as I am. Yeah, I'm gonna go stand beside them and 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 judge it too. Yeah, I don't know what we learned about each other in in, in exploring that question, but it was. Uh, I think we, we you said we'd be ships passing in the night. We basically. we'd have a great conversation, but it would take. Something that I can't. It would take our wives exchanging numbers. To become friends. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, so we don't have to worry about that because we are friends. But you know what? If, if, I, if I needed, if I had a felt need for a friend, I would, I would, I'd be like, I'd probably say something awkward, like, hey man, I really like you. <laughs> let's, let's hang out. I, listen, I think I would be. I really don't, I don't have any close friends here. I think I would be ready if to If you have to close friends, maybe you can, Introduce me to them. Maybe I like them better than I like you. Can I use you as a way to meet your friends? I'm just joking. Can we get coffee? That's exactly what I would say. Right. I would. It would be a self-deprecating, vulnerable exchange. Yeah. Tearless. I, I definitely would not. If I wanted friends, I wouldn't let that sit into that situation happen. I'd be like, hey, you know, because I mean, there. I guess there have been times in my life when I've met somebody that I connected with and I was like, let me get your number. Right. I don't know if I've, yeah. You're thinking of an instance? Mm, I could say I was I've done of, that like three to five times in my life. I was thinking life. of like our mutual friends from like game night and it's like somebody like Ward, that's somebody that we knew, we met through YouTube years ago and then when we moved out here we reconnected. Right. And then you think about Daniel, it's like okay, he was our, our director on Commercial Kings, we were introduced through work and then we just, you know, we don't talk all the time, but we keep in touch. Meaning that the scenario that we're talking about where you just meet at a party isn't how we really made any of our, our friends. It's like, it was a circumstance in which we were, it was work related and then we just had a connection. We we're like, oh, this is, this is deeper than just a work relationship. This is a friend. And then you just kind of lean into that. And it's still hard. Well, especially you know? now. Well, yeah, especially now, but like when you institutionalize the game night thing, that helped because every month there was a, yeah. you know. It shall happen again. Even even if you miss a couple, you kind of know you can get back get back in there. Um And there's a there's a few there's a there's a few other friends, but it's not like there's not that many. And you can only not, have so many friends. You know. Especially especially now when like yeah. we we've done a couple of like Zoom double date type things with a few of those friends. Mm -hmm. And then like we'd done a couple of like triple dates with like the, us and the McCargs or whatever. And uh, that was happening more with more regularity at the, at the beginning, beginning of COVID. Yeah. And now people are just kind of like, hey, let, we're just gonna, and it's funny, Yeah, I know that it, it's it fizzled out. It depends yeah. on what part of the country you're in and where you're at. You know, I've I, again, to continue the contrast with 
LA and North Carolina, but I know back in North Carolina, things are very different from at least in terms of the way that my family is communicating to me about the way that their lives are different, but not that different. Whereas here in, in California, in Los Angeles especially, like things are still pretty much the same as they were five months ago. Um, so we're not seeing, like if we're gonna see somebody like that, it'll be like, yeah. hey, let's all come over and hang out outside, but we haven't even done much of that. Mm -mm. Because then it's like, okay, there's gonna be masks involved and it's kind of annoying. Yeah. And it's and you just, you, you're in this place where you're just not that motivated to make things happen. Well, and the thing, I, I think I'm what I'm thinking right now is for someone who had just moved, and this is probably the situation for lots of people, if you just moved to a new place. Oh, it's horrible. In the midst of this, and you are the kind of person who is taking it seriously and you know can, trying to maintain social distancing and masks and stuff like that, the, your ability to make new friends is really impeded right now. Wow, something else we haven't had to worry about. You know what, it'll be over at some point. <laughs> That's all I can say. I can also ask another question. Autumn. Hit this one right quick, because I want, I want to address this. We don't have to spend too much time on it. Okay. Skylar Bradford has tweeted at, at Mythical, but this is for me. As a Utah resident, I can't get over how Link was saying Zion in your latest podcast. It cracked me up. It's Zion to the locals. That's been on my mind for a few days. Zion. 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 We like to hit the second syllable, man. Yeah. It's a, it is a little bit of a southern. Zion. It's not it's not always a second syllable because we would say unique. <laughs> not unique. That's true, yeah. Unique. We pick a syllable and we go hard. Yeah, on the wrong one sometimes. <laughs> the reason Bell. why I say Zion is because in the Lauren Hill yeah. song, she says Zion. Yeah, Mount Zion. Zion. Zion is just, it, that's a local thing, but Zion means a whole lot more, not just for Mormons. Zion's not just for Mormons anymore. <laughs> well, uh, oh, you're, you're saying that because it's in Utah. Well, yeah, the Mormons named it Zion. Right, but Zion is in the Bible as well. Yeah, I know, I was just saying. Which that. means it's probably in the Book of Mormon as well, I don't know. I don't that, know the, the full origin story. <laughs> I know there's a lot of stuff from the Bible in the Book of Mormon though, right? The, the Mormons named everything in the park. Really? Yeah. I think the indigenous peoples probably also had names for everything. Matter of fact, I know they did. Right. Uh, but you know, let's not get into that. <laughs> Zion, I'll try man. Skylar, I will try. For you, I will try. Zion. Zion. Not Zion. You going to Zion? Zion. You going to Zion? Zion. Yeah, I'm on my way, I'm a local. Okay, science question that intrigued me. This is from Autumn Seven, Autumn Five on Twitter. Why does warm water feel? Why does warm water feel so much better than warm air? A really hot shower is awesome, but if I were in a one hundred degree room, I'd be uncomfortable. It's a great question. So I looked up just to make sure that the way mm -hmm. I was thinking about this, uh, and I didn't have it. I, I I didn't completely understand what was going on. I think a good place to start is. Uh, is let's start with a lower temperature. So if you're outside and it's 70, well, 70 degrees is the approximate temperature at which a human feels comfortable 
in the air, right? If the air is 70 degrees, it's like most people feel pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that is based on the idea that your body is doing all these different metabolic processes that is generating heat and you're dissipating the heat through a number of processes like the blood flowing close to the surface of your skin so you kind of give off a little bit of heat, you're breathing and there's hot air that's coming out of you and or you're sweating, you're yeah. perspiring and so you're cooling yourself down, and right? don't forget the gold standard, farting. Farting releases a lot of heat. methane as they say heat. across the pond and heat. So. It turns out that the reason you feel comfortable at 70 degrees it's in like the a blowtorch down there is because the all these things that are happening in your body is in a good state of equilibrium well it, at about it's not 70 equi- degrees it's, it's actually cooling there is right. it's a, there's a gradient your not body, an equilibrium well no your body well I, when i say equilibrium i mean i'm talking about the process of you dissipating heat is it a place where your body is doing it most efficiently and you're not having to do it too little or too much you're not having to reserve the heat and you're also not having to cool yourself down and make yourself make yourself uncomfortable like the body is i think what doing you're this saying in the most efficient manner the rate of cooling is what you makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Because if it gets cooler, if it gets down to 65, you start to, it starts to suck heat out of your body to a point where. Now you gotta put clothes on. Okay, yeah, now. now I gotta do something to alter this. I'm getting signals that I'm uncomfortable because this could lead to, if this continues forever. I could die. I could die. Or if it gets too hot, it's like, oh, well we really gotta sweat. We really, we, we, we gotta breathe harder. We got, so, and that makes you feel uncomfortable. But you know that if you're in ocean water that's, or water, and that's 70 degrees, it's it's like, too cold. that's cold. So what exactly is happening, and it all comes down to the yeah, the, the heat transfer. That's right, Why, everything we down, said should apply to 70 degree water. No, and it turns out that water feels perfect at 93.5 degrees. That is the, that is the. Seriously? That is the temperature that most sensory deprivation tanks are set at. They set at that temperature because your skin doesn't sense the presence of water because it's because it's well for whatever reason you are basically in that same sort of state of equilibrium at ninety three and a half degrees in water but of course if it was ninety three degree ninety three point five degrees outside it would be hot so what's happening is the uh, heat transfer coefficient of water is fifty times greater than that of air so basically what's happening is you got this body that's operating at ninety eight point six degrees on average and generating this heat and it's releasing this heat and as soon as you get into seventy degrees of water it's sucking, it's sucking out it your out heat it fifty, 50 times, times? Oh. as as efficiently and so that's why you immediately feel cold and if you stayed in that seventy degree water for any a good length of time you get uh, hypothermia but Let's go up to the question that was asked, which is 100 degrees. So here's the thing. If you get into a 100 degree hot tub, if it's 100 degrees outside, it ain't gonna feel good. You're gonna get in there and you're gonna be immediately hot. And usually what happens is you get into a 100 degree hot tub and it's like less than that outside. But what do you do? Do you get into a hot tub and go under and stay under? Now you get in and you're like, it's getting kinda hot, I gotta get my arms out. I gotta get my head out of the water. And so your arms and your head are dissipating heat into the ambient air, which is what, 70 degrees or whatever it happens to be outside. It's really nice when it's like 45 degrees outside and you just skied all day and you get into a hot tub and it's like snowing or something like that. That's great, right? Remember when we did that? And because that's because your body is dissipating all that heat. I do. And you're kind of in that state of equilibrium, but you still get the benefit of this like, hot, soothing 
uh, water around your, your your skin. So 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 the reason why warm wa- warm water warm feels water. so much better than warm air is because of the coefficient. Yeah, because 50, of the fifty the times heat seems like a lot. Yeah, but I mean, it's, think about it. It's also like the heat co- the uh, heat transfer coefficient of metal is a lot higher than air. So that's why if you like if it's seventy degrees and you wrap yourself in seventy degree like metal, you would also it would feel cold to you, and it's because pu- it's pulling it's pulling that body heat out as well. I don't know how that compares to water, but yeah, the difference between water and air is the heat coefficient. But once you get up to 100 degrees, you're actually getting to a place that the water and the air are technically higher than your core body temperature at that point. So you're you you you're really dissip- you're, you're trying to dissipate that heat all the time, but now you're dissipating it into an environment that is uh, hotter than your own own body temperature, so it really starts working hard. So when you're in a hot tub, even if you feel good, you're actually sweating quite a bit. There's a lot of sweat that's happening. There's a lot of blood flow that's happening in the parts of your body that are in your, near the surface as well. That's what makes it good for you. I guess. I would have thought, because water is more dense than air, that it would serve as more of an insulation, that it wouldn't so well, it's like wearing a coat. What's the what's the coefficient of a of a coat? Well, I don't think that the insulation factor and the heat transfer is ne- necessarily the, the same thing, because if you were to put like, okay, if you were to fill a wall, if there was a, a wall around you in your house right now, you fill it with insulation because it ins- that keeps the heat from going through it. So does that mean if the heat transfer coefficient of water is higher than air, if you put water in the walls of your house, assuming that was possible, that it would do a worse job of keeping you warm or cold? Yes, I think it will. Because, it seems to be Because a vacuum is the, is the best insulator. That's why if you. Like in a, ther- they'll put a, a vacuum still thermos. Right. Or like a, a, if you have like double pane Windows and they could put a well, they put argon in there, or they'll I, I don't think they'll create a vacuum. That's why you can get in maybe. a sauna and, and get it up to 200 degrees or whatever. You can get a sauna up to like 220 degrees, which is but, above a boiling water temperature. But you cannot get in a hot but tub you, that's you can't over get 104 get into, by law, I think. What, right? If you get into a 150 degree tub of water, you're going to burn your skin. If you get into a 150 degree sauna, you're gonna be like, this isn't hot enough. I want it to be hotter. Yeah, that's the proof right there. We know, we, I know you're not full of bull crap. You want a wreck, baby wreck, baby one, two, three, four. I got a music wreck for you. Now, I've already given you this music wreck, so I'm giving this to everybody else. Have you gone back and listened to this? Because I don't remember which one it is. All right, fine. I'll give it to you again. Good old Willie Nelson has a son. Yeah. Lucas Nelson. Lucas with a K. Mm-hmm. And he has a band called Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real. And I, I it's think a, it's a great band name. I think there's it's I think they're kind of a jam band kind of a situation. Promise of the Real definitely is the name of what should be a jam band and I'm talking about like a Grateful Dead. They see the same sound, sounds a little Grateful Dead. Promise of the Real cuz it's got like when you talk about what's real, you know, it seems like something that would. And the promise of it. Yeah, that you'd wanna like 
really getting a jam band situation. Um, by the way, you talk about famous country music singer sons. Uh, we connected with Merle's youngest son, and uh, we got a record yesterday sent to us, and it was a Shooter Jennings record, and I was so excited to report to you what Jenna reported to me, and it was like, oh, there's two Shooter Jennings records here, um, and there's a, only thing it came with was a post-it note. In the post-it note, it said, thanks for occupying us and giving us a lot of laughs on the road. Dash Shooter. shooter. Freaking Waylon Jennings' son, Shooter Jennings, you know, he's a, He's an artist, producer, uh, musician, mainstay in, in, in his own right. Um, freaking wrote us wrote us a note and said that he watch, watches us and sent us his sent us his album. So now freaking we got to cool. so now we got to connect with Lucas. We got to connect with Lucas Nelson, and you got to connect with Lucas. May not be happy that I'm like I'm recommending one of like the earliest songs that they put out. This is from 2014. I'm just obsessed with this song. It's called Find Yourself. It's a good one. It's off of uh, the album called Sampler. It's basically, it's three songs on it, So it's but it's, they, it's presented as a single from 2014 uh, with a, a couple other songs. But y you know, the phrase, um, I said it on the show, you're a sweet peach, know your worth. That's basically the premise of that song. You know, he's like, yeah, I'll let you listen to it, but the, the thing that hooked me was just the groove of this song. It's got a really good groove. Yeah. And then you got this, it's like, whoa, this is kind of, it sounds like freaking Willie Nelson singing, but a little bit different. And he doesn't say Sweet Peach. He just implies it. He, Yeah, he doesn't have to say it. <laughs> uh, know Your Worth. Know Your Worth, people. Check that one out. That's a, It's a good groove. If you don't like, if you don't like his vocals, because, you know, then you, you You'll start to like them. Yeah, then that's your problem. That's your problem. Uh, so that's my wreck. Thank you for your questions. Keep sending them in. We'll keep answering them and talking about other stuff. Life in general. Hashtag your biscuits. You did good. Where you been? Looks like she woke up. Just talking to the dog for those of you listening, not me. He didn't just tell me I did a good job. You did good, Rhett. Just like you just woke up. <laughs> <laughs>